And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Here we are to review our movie of today. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And we've just seen Changeling, a very, very dramatic and disturbing film Mm -hmm. directed by Clint Eastwood, written by J. Michael Straczynski, and starring Angelina Jolie with great support from John Malkovich, Jeffrey Donovan, Amy Ryan, Colm Fiore, and Michael Kelly. It takes place in Los Angeles in 1928 through 1935. And again, before we even get into the content of the film, the people who designed this production Mm -hmm. artistically really did a great job. Los Angeles really looked like it must have looked almost 90 years ago. Angelina Jolie plays Christine Collins. She is a divorced mother. She works for the phone company. Her nine-year-old son, Walter Collins, disappears one day. She doesn't know what happened to him. She tries to get the police interested, and they are not interested. She makes a lot of trouble for the police, and they get so angry with her for bothering them that they have her committed to an insane asylum. And then John Malkovich, who plays Reverend Gustav Briegleb, gets involved and tries to help her out. There is nothing in this film to smile about, and it is very, very grim. It is very, very upsetting and depressing, and certainly it is supposed to rake the audience over the coals emotionally. You know, we have to mention that while Christine is in the mental institution, another investigation is going on, and eventually that investigation will tie in to Christine's missing son, Walter, and that is that another cop follows a lead, goes up to this place called the Northcutt Chicken Ranch, and finds a young boy there running around without parents. He hauls him in for some questioning. And during that period, this young boy reveals some very, very terrifying and terrible news. And, of course, that then begins another investigation of this particular chicken ranch. Now, all of these elements finally come together in the last third of the film, which culminates basically in some courtroom scenes. And then, of course, there's the actual ending where we see the execution. I'm going to talk about a couple of things about this movie and why I think it doesn't quite click less. Okay. I think it's a little bit too much of a bad thing. This is dreary all the way through, and you mentioned that earlier. We have the kidnapping of the boy. We have the ghoulish discoveries up at the chicken ranch. We have Angelina Jolie being thrown into this mental ward. We have other sequences with other actresses being seen in this ward that are being given horrible shock treatments. And I don't think Eastwood should ever shoot another hospital sequence like this because he's not great at it. It was just too much torture. I think the concluding scene where we are forced to watch an unwatchable execution is just one too many elements of dreariness, and I felt that there was nothing to lessen my depression in watching this film. Now, I'm not saying there should have been a lighthearted moment. I don't mean that. But the pacing and the tone of this film is very monotone. The hanging sequence, let's face it, we've all seen lots of hangings, especially in Westerns. There was none quite as horrible as this one. And finally, even I had to look away, and I never look away from anything. Right. By the way, this is a true story. Oh, yes. 
It is or a true story. certainly based on a true story. It is. J. Michael Straczynski, when he was writing the screenplay, he took the newspaper articles from that 1928 case and pasted them inside all of the screenplays so that people, when they read this, actors and actresses who were vying for parts and so on, would be aware that this was a true story. He didn't want anyone to think that he had fictionalized one moment of it. I think it's an interesting way for someone to present a screenplay. The other thing is that the changeling itself is an interesting term. The writer came up with that as the title. A changeling is a creature said to be left by otherworldly elves or fairies on the doorstep as a substitute for a missing child. The writer thought that eventually he would change the name of this movie. He had put it in there as just kind of a working title. Eastwood fell in love with the title and said, no, we're going to leave it alone. Eastwood, by the way, did the music for this film, too, as he has done for so many films. And even the music is a little bit of a downer. Right. Now, I want to talk about the acting here, because I think that Angelina Jolie does a very credible job. But I think Angelina Jolie has a big obstacle to overcome in this movie, and that is her exotic looks are very much of a distraction, at least they were to me, in this movie. Also, because Angelina Jolie is a pop culture icon whose image and whose story, her real-life story, is on the cover of every single magazine that you can find at the supermarket checkout, it becomes very hard to separate her public image from the character that she's playing. And this is a big problem. I'm not so sure that Eastwood totally overcame it. I think that this film just didn't service her very well. Well, it didn't because she, like many women in the 20s, was wearing very bright red lipstick. Well, we've all seen pictures of Angelina Jolie. We all know how beautiful her mouth is. And frankly, this bright red lipstick kept me staring at her mouth for two and a half hours. I think that a lot of her dialogue was unfortunately based on the same problem, i.e., where's my son? What have you done with my son? This isn't my my son. I want my boy over and over and over again. She screamed. She cried. She got very, very interesting as an actress towards the end when she was glaring quietly and with loathing and hate at the people who have badly used her. I think we have to talk for a moment about the villain of this piece, an actor by the name of Jason Butler Harner, who plays Northcutt. This is a very interesting actor. Eastwood picked him over dozens of other guys who were auditioning for this role because he thought he had a smile that for one moment could look sane and then within a nanosecond could turn and become insane. And that quality is very much in play. The scenes between Northcutt and Christine at the end of the film are the most effective, in my opinion, for Angelina Jolie. Absolutely. She goes to see him. He has been sentenced to die. And he asks to see her at San Quentin prison the day before he is to be executed. That scene is very difficult to watch. It's very painful to watch. And he was committing one more act of astonishing cruelty, but this was mental cruelty. I thought that really made the whole film for me. And because of that, Anne, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that I was put off by some of it, I am giving this a very pale green light. It's a very interesting film to watch, but you're not going to enjoy it. There's nothing there to enjoy. Okay, well, because I thought the writing was earnest but not quite passionate enough less, I thought there were too many storylines. I thought it diffused the main concept, and I didn't like the mental institution scenes. I didn't like the way they were shot. I thought there were some sporadic acting choices 
by Angelina Jolie. The direction was just okay. And I like Clint Eastwood's movies very, very much. But I'm going to give Changeling a yellow light this time around. Okay, I think we're pretty, pretty close. Green light from me and a yellow light from Ann Elder for The Changeling. Until next time, I am Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And we're looking forward to seeing you having a great time at the movies. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.